0: All figs have got wasps in them. What? That's right. All figs? Pretty much. What do you mean they've got wasps in it? That isn't what a wasps nest looks like. Mmm, um, think again. Uh, wasps don't make figs, I'm pretty sure
1: of that.
2: Well, uh, a fig is a flower that's inverted rather than a true fruit. Right. So if you think of like a, an opening flower bud, imagine that in reverse. That's what a fig is. Right. And they've evolved syncretically with these tiny little wasps that live their entire life. They used to pollinate the figs, right? But Mm. now they've got this sick deal with the fig where they live inside the fig for like eternity. And the male wasps don't even have wings. They're like worms, they're like tiny little worms. And they just writhe around like Ken Loach inside the fig. These are presumably removed from the fig before we eat them.
3: Not so much. When you say tiny...
0: Yeah,
2: how tiny? Oh, well small. They're some of the smallest insects. Um, But... But, like, do you need a microscope to see No, no. I mean... Why do people...
0: I wouldn't eat a a thing which had a, a wasp in it. That's a terrible pitch for a fruit.
2: The way figs are cultivated... They generally harvest ones that aren't fully wasped up. But, like, if you're a a fan of figs, the odds are you've got some vitamin W in you at some point. Um, Especially if you eat like wild figs or just like, you know, really enjoy yourself at a rural Turkish buffet.
3: I have to say, I feel like your opening statement on this was the whatever the Nate equivalent of clickbait is, because you started with all figs have wasps in them, because you <laughs> knew that we'd think that meant we were eating wasps and figs all the time. But actually, once we've delved into it, it turns out that it's. Uh, most figs that it, the one vast, fig, one fig, once. Yeah, the vast majority of figs that we eat do not have wasps.
2: <laughs> no, I think uh, you're you're putting too rosy a glow in it. Uh, I would say, you know, there is some wasp material in at least half of the figs you've consumed.
0: His wasp material.
2: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, my opening trivia was that Christ famously uh, cursed a fig tree, and that's why they have wasps.
3: Welcome to episode 127 of uh, the Electronic Wireless Show, the most underrated game special. This is Rock, Paper, Shotguns, PC gaming podcast, and the only podcast you need, in my opinion. Uh, as you can tell by the trivia that we opened with today. <laughs> uh, I, I'm Alice Bell and I'm joined this week by Mr. Underrated. Yeah, that's me, Mr. Underrated himself. And by Poison Pete.
2: Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha, pass the domestos!
0: Right. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, it's quite, it's quite a, an interesting selection
3: of people. Yeah, it's, it's a character, Poison Pete, isn't he? So,
2: <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a new bit. Um, uh, I've been developing recently. Right. W- what's his relation to underrated games? Um, well, he thinks poison is an underrated game. He just loves drinking poison. <laughs> All, All right. right.
3: Okay. I I'd like to open with my own not trivia, but my own little vignette, if you will. I'd in fact like to read a recent tweet of Matthew's. (laughs) (laughs) All
0: right. This is probably going to be one of my insightful game criticism tweets.
3: Sitting in the car in Sainsbury's car park, brackets, they don't let us in as a pair, close brackets, and was suddenly struck by how clearly I could see my reflection in the windscreen of of car parked opposite. Pulled a few faces at it, only to realise it wasn't my reflection, but a woman sitting in her car. Yes. So I pretended that I was reacting to a hands free call and started mouthing words. What a save. Yes.
0: I mean, that pair of tweets (laughs) tells the whole story. It's the setup. It all went very wrong and how I completely pulled it back round.
2: It started really sort of lip fic. It seemed like something that would happen to like a doctor in the middle of a mental crisis, isn't it, in book. But then, it, yeah, then it swiftly pivoted to, to cringe. Loved it.
0: <laughs> Pivot to cringe. That's, that's the name of my autobiography.
3: It's just, uh, a. <laughs> I mean, there are a lot of, was it just a, a lady that, unfortunately looked a lot like you or or was it just the distance or
0: the amazing thing well the the, the amazing thing was was how closely my face or where I thought my face should be aligned with with her face should be and because I didn't expect someone to be sitting in their car because I always feel quite weird sitting in the car because we go there and I sit in the car or Catherine sits in the car we take it in turns while the other person goes in and then it's a bit of a mystery why the other person comes along, given that all they do is sit in the car. But uh, that's, I mean, like it's 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 very boring if I explain the the logic behind this. Yeah. But there's there's so, always a chance that both of us can go in together. It depends if the man's on the door. Anyway, um, so I don't expect there to be anyone else in the car. So that's why I was like, wow, that face. Like it didn't look exactly like me, but it, it was where my face should be. And it, it was face-shaped. I thought, that is a really startlingly clear reflection. And so you test it, don't you? Just to, you know, make sure it's you mm. or whatever. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> but- and then I jiggled my head about. That's, that's what gave it away because I thought, well, that's weird. Why is it not jiggling? And then I kind of focused extra hard and realised it was a person.
2: What if it's like the portrait of Dorian Gray? And now, like, that woman will, will bear... Like the withering effect of all of your sins henceforth while you don't age. Yeah, You can
3: drink all the fizzy drinks you want now because it's that woman's teeth that will fall. <laughs> I'm not sure that's how
0: Doring Gray works, no, but <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> yeah, no, that's exactly how it works. Also, I, I also he doesn't see someone <laughs> in public and then transfer that sort of psychic bond onto them. <laughs> uh,
3: I also have some questions about the phone call that you faked having. Were you. Were there any words in particular you were mouthing? Were you did you have a concept of the conversation you were having in in your head?
0: No, I'll tell you exactly what I did. I was reading a book on my Kindle at the time, ah. which is how I spotted myself in you know. And I looked up from it, so I simply read out some sentences from my book.
3: <laughs> and you you think she was she was fooled? Yeah, she
0: might have wondered why. Yeah.
3: She did eventually
0: get out of the car though, so that was good. But it was it was awkward. It was it was like a very split second. Like I was looking at her. I couldn't tell if she could see me because of the the reflectiveness of the of the windscreen. Yeah. So I didn't really know what the deal was. <laughs> I didn't really know what the I didn't really know what the physics were of the situation. Um, so I just sort of went for it a bit and then kind of just looked down and and I guess sort of pretended that it was a long bit where I was listening rather than talking. Yeah. Um, but. She didn't, unless she got out of the car, out as a like a oh god, I can't get away from this situation. Yeah, it was an adventure.
3: That's very good. I just, I just wanted to to dissect that a little bit. I mean, it's it's another entry into my file of you know reasons Matthew is Mark Corrigan. So. <laughs> it's
0: it 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 sort of bugs me a bit that like the only tweets of mine that get traction are like things where i've been a total boob or like i hurt myself you know if i'm like oh, i've just watched this film here's a really interesting opinion like it doesn't even get a single like but if i accidentally eat a lego brick and <laughs> it's like 200 <laughs> likes you know
3: should Start. lean into it also uh saying boob is itself a very mark horrigan act so <laughs> <laughs> oh you look like a boob <laughs> <laughs> There's a scene where he's jogging and he starts off by being like, maybe jogging's what I'm good at. And then he gets a stitch and and has to stop and he's like, oh God, what an idiotic boob I was about 10 or 11 seconds ago.
2: I've been doing uh, vignettes (laughs) on Twitter again. I used to do them a lot. It's a a genre of tweet I quite enjoy. And they're like, um, they put you in a scenario. Are you familiar with these? I saw your one about the seal. Yeah, I I did one earlier. Here it is. (laughs) It's midnight at the zoo. You wonder why you're here, but I tell you sternly that there's no time for questions. As the reptile house door caves in under the tax squad's battering ram and we charge into the breach, you see why. The snakes have gotten hold of a load of ging shooters. <laughs> there's short encapsulated dramas that put you in in strange positions i think it's, it's it's good it should catch on i'm
3: trying to imagine how snakes would fight i think you need like two snakes it depends how big the gun is definitely well, it? yeah
0: several to hold it one to pull the yeah. trigger
3: if anything it's a, it's a better
0: system isn't it because it takes away the power of one person to pull a gut like three people have to be in agreement to kill someone <laughs> when it when it's snakes
3: so you wow. don't have to be really bad yeah
0: well, no, but that's the thing. It's a lot harder to quit. you know, it's quite hard for like, th- you don't get three rotten apples holding a, ga- a gun together, do you?
2: Yeah, no, that's true. We should replace all cops with snakes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then everyone will be like, ACAS, all cops are snakes. And this is literally <laughs> true. That's literally
3: yeah. true. Your tweets are often underrated, Matthew. Oh, good link. Uh, today we're talking about games that we think are underrated. This is different from our episode on 7 out of 10s, although you should go listen to that as well. Uh, I always think the episode on 7 out of 10s is the um, sort of the start of this era of the podcast, you know. Um, so we're, It's all downhill from yeah. there. Um, so yeah, we're going to talk about games that we feel are particularly underrated. I love the little stings. The, between these things mm. sound like a children's program about like a mouse
2: I, I always think it's like a fat ghost <laughs> walking cautiously through the woods
0: why would a ghost ever have to walk cautiously they can pass through anything well there might
2: be ghostbusters that would be teeming with Bill Murray's oh yeah that's true I'd love to be a ghost
0: would you <laughs> well fewer fewer pratfalls around the house but uh, you can't eat a lego brick if you're a ghost but neither
3: can you eat a solero oh
0: yeah
2: you can eat a soul.
0: I would possess Catherine and make her eat a solero so I could enjoy it.
2: <laughs> You'd possess your wife yeah. just for the joy of a solero. <laughs> yeah, you deserve to be a ghost.
0: <laughs> I'd, li- I'd leave her. I'd, I'd, I'd like leave the body after the solero. I'd only pop in when I wanted a solero.
2: Look, I really didn't think I was a man to say this lightly, but I will bury you in the desert. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. I bet you'd be one of those ghosts that, you know, like sometimes ghosts appear to people like Patrick Swayze and, you know, be, I want you to be happy, move on. And you'd be like, na- no, you have to love me forever. <laughs> and, and make sure you buy more
0: Celeros. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ghost would be a very different film. Me.
3: <laughs> oh God. Can we, re- you know, like those guys that remade all of Indiana Jones, can we remake ghosts but starring you? <laughs>
0: <laughs> instead, Patrick Swayze.
2: What a disappointing remake! <laughs> just the, the pivotal scene is it's just Catherine enjoying a solero while you sit at the back of the room and just sort of smile eerily, enjoying it telepathically.
3: <laughs> oh no! Instead of yeah. instead of clay, it's just a big lump of melty soleros all squished together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh what are we talking about oh yeah games um i wanted to start today by because it's sort of topical um by bringing up mass effect andromeda um because i've i've always maintained that mass effect andromeda is good actually and i've been replaying it because um all the ea not all the ea games a lot of ea games are on xbox game pass now so i've been replaying andromeda on on the Uh, it's it's not as good as I have maintained that it always was
1: oh dear
3: but I still think it's better than people give it credit for so you're saying it's an overrated underrated game I I personally overrated it but in right. general I still think it is underrated what does what it say in Grace? it's not like terrible the the biggest problem with it is the um the animations and the the the, it's your main character really uh rider uh I, it's impossible to make a rider that doesn't look like a goofy ignoramus like uh i thought mm. mine looked right in character creator and then in every cut scene she looks like the leader of a regional young tory group like she <laughs> she's and she walks around like With her neck sort of jutting forwards, and the the, when she talks, the face animations are really weird. And it also does this weird thing where, like, because your dad is a a character in it, not your dad personally. Oh
2: yeah, that would that would would be a shock.
3: That's very (laughs) yeah. Imagine if EA scanned everyone's dads.
2: Dad, you're back, and you're in a sci-fi RPG. (laughs) I need to go to hospital.
3: I don't think I do this is another tangent I don't think I told you my dad was hospitalized with coronavirus
2: um oh no no yeah
3: he's all well I wouldn't bring it up but he's all right now he um all right but that was a couple of weeks ago um and he now that he's out and he's fine he's doing this thing where he's sort of like because my dad always has to sort of be the best um not in not in a like not in a way that it was like damaging to us psychologically as children but in a way that it's sort of quite funny and endearing um so like now that he is out of hospital he was in hospital for about four days in total and he's now somehow in his head managed to get that down to 36 hours so he's like oh yeah no i was uh i was in and out 36 hours like speedrun covid
2: any percent <laughs> i wouldn't watch that stream actually someone speed running covid
3: it's sort of like dad you you didn't die of it like that was the win it's okay you don't have to like be best at yeah. recovering from coronavirus but anyway your character's dad is in uh he's a big he's big especially in the, like sort of the first act of the game and the the game will make a he's, he's voice acted by Clancy Brown i think um mm. the game will make a version of rider that sort of they have i guess like a a kind of deck of potential dad riders that and the game will use the one that they sort of think looks most like it could have been your biological oh, uh, right yeah yeah um uh, my one looks like a sort of out of work like shakespearean actor who was like who was like around at the same time you know ian mckellen was was coming up but like never made it big himself and is kind of bitter about it
0: (laughs) played like god number two in macbeth
3: yeah exactly yeah um but like it so like the the characters in it are just not as good like there's like in the first Um, the original Mass Effect trilogy and I think the first one especially like the different alien races like the the Turians and the Salarians who are like the kind of lizardy lovely frog people sort of there were there was a lot of variety of like different you know face shapes and and you know stuff like that and in Andromeda they just have like like Turian one and like Turian female Turian male and then some of them are slightly different colours uh, or like you know mm. and one, so that so it's not as kind of cool and fun in 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 terms of like the character and the character design and stuff. But mm, mm. I think the story itself is really good and had the potential to be maybe a lot more interesting and and brave than they went with it in the end.
1: But like it
0: had, it has, it has that huge problem
3: that. All the interesting alien
0: races that you like are in a space arc, which got lost, so none of them are there. Like that's how they explain it in the lore. It's just like, imagine if only boring humans turned up,
2: and you're like, great, can't wait.
3: Well, so Nate, do you know much of Mass Effect?
2: Only what I've picked up by osmosis from you, and that one really awakening chat we had about, um, I was going to say Garrosh, but he's the big man off Warhammer. Um, Gareth, Gareth,
3: yeah, yeah, Gareth, yeah. The first Mass Effect trilogy is about like humanity kind of um, fighting to survive alongside uh, alien races that they're sort of in. They're in peace, but a slightly uneasy peace because the, the, there was a first contact war sort of relatively recently, um, uh, and they're all. It's about like bringing the the all the races of the universe together to fight against these big space ticks. And and Andromeda is, um, the plot of Andromeda is that like before that happened, an uh, an initiative, sort of like our Mars colonizing dreams now, but like these big arcs uh, of uh, humans and uh, all the other races, like they all did an arc, a big ship, and froze everyone on it and then spent hundreds of years flying to a, a new galaxy to colonize it. So the idea of being being like playing as the colonizing force and meeting new, new aliens and ex- sort of exploring that and like should we build a, a town here you could sort of see they sort of did that a bit but i think they sh- they could have done much more with it but but as as a sort of plot like you know kind of it making worlds livable again and inhabitable and stuff and yeah. that is quite a good sort of progress uh,
2: mm. for a game. Sounds a bit like the uh the expanse. There's a lot of that going on in that, isn't it? Not actually watch the show. Lovely books si.
3: though. The yeah, as as Matthew points out, like a lot of a lot of your favourite races aren't really in Andromeda because because their arc hasn't turned up yet or got lost. I am convinced, and they said afterwards uh that no, we never planned to do any DLC for it. But I am full sure that they did because like in the last scene basically you get like a radio transmission from like i think it's the um uh i can't remember well one of the arcs being like hello this is arc number six or whatever are you reading me? So, like, clearly there was going to be some sort of follow-off on that, and in the end, I think they did it in a book.
0: That reminds me, slight, de- slight detour from that. Did you see the recent Predator film? With Adrian Brody? No, no, the one after Adrian Brody. It was the one about, it was, it was a bit off. It was the, it was the guy who wrote Lethal Weapon, did Iron Man 3. Shane Black directed it, and it was all about, like, sort of soldiers with sort of post-traumatic stress disorder dealing with a Predator. Um, it was kind of a bit zany, but there was this big thing that throughout it they were searching for the... Or they, were, they dug up like the ultimate pred- predator-killing weapon and it was like a huge coffin But they had this thing and they open it at the end and they're like, inside this is the ultimate predator-killing weapon. And you were like, this is definitely going to be Arnie. Like, Arnie mm-hmm. is going to yeah. be in this box. <laughs> like It's what this plot point is for. But then clearly at some point, someone said oh arnie can't do it or arnie won't do it yeah. or arnie isn't it so you have a human shaped box and they open it up and it's just got like a massive gun in <laughs> it. <laughs> it's not even that i think it's a set of i think it's like armor it might just be a piece of uh, like a set of armor and you're like oh it's literally a weapon like oh okay i guess yeah that, that makes sense i mean you said it was the ultimate predator killing weapon and and here we go <laughs> Um, but it's such a such a disappointing kind of total anti climax that film.
3: <laughs> That's brilliant. But no, I I like Andromeda, and I think there is a case to be made that Andromeda deserves a sequel as well. Um, even though I am thrilled, yet uh, a bit nervous about there being a, a, a new uh, mainline Mass Effect.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, i think andromeda despite the fact that i overestimated it and overrated it in my memory yeah. uh remains underrated, remains underrated.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's a good pick yeah
0: it's tricky actually when you mentioned earlier that this is different to the 7 out of 10 episode but the problem with the 7 out of 10s is that a lot of those games you, the seven out of tens that you love, you do think are underrated. You know they are technically underrated games. Yeah. So I can't really remember what I talked about in that episode. That's fine. Um, I think Tomb Raider: Underworld is underrated. Ah, okay. Have you played this? R- rhyme me which one it is, because I might have. This is the the last one before the reboot. This was like oh, they made they did Tomb Raider Legends, then they did Tomb Raider Anniversary, which was the remake of one. And then they did Tomb Raider Underworld. And it's like old school Lara. It's before Lara Croft became, you know, about kind of sort of whimpering and getting impaled on spikes and things. Um, it was a bit more kind of, you know, it's Keely Hawes going, like, oh, brilliant, I'm gonna steal diamonds. <laughs> you know, it's a lot a lot chirpier. <laughs> um <laughs> and <laughs> You know what I mean? It's not psychological. There's no psychological depth to it. Yeah, yeah. But it had great tombs, just giant, massive tombs that you could swim around and explore. They were almost like embedded in little open world areas. And it was a kind of perfect mix of the silliness of old Tomb Raider, but with like a scale that kind of came as kind of tech improved, I guess. So it didn't feel like massively linear, even though the whole thing was. But you know, for my money, I don't think there's been better kind of that sense of adventure and 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 those sense of these sort of giant tombs. You know, ha- you know hasn't been done better, even in like Uncharted or whatever, which are obviously like technically better games. But um, yeah, Tomb Raider: Underworld I was a really big fan of, and I thought it was a real shame that they kind of shifted away from that, just as they hit this this kind of perfect. This perfect, you know, adventurous spirit. I really hope they reboot it again, and it's like more like
2: old school Lara Croft. What's the beast roster like? Because I always judge a Tomb Raider gang a gang game by like all the beasts.
0: She fights a giant octopus. Okay, you
2: love octopuses. octopuses. Yeah, the owls of the sea. Yeah,
0: she sort of, but it's like a puzzle. She sort of puzzles her way around this room, and like I think she either drops giant rocks on it or. Crushes it with some kind of counterweight or something to open a door, but she she properly does it in. Um, it's it's one of the good Tomb Raiders in terms of the difficulty. You can adjust the individual difficulty sliders, so you can actually turn like specifically combat right down, so that you can basically just sort of you know shoot a leopard once and it's you know explodes. So that's good. <laughs>
2: that's the dream, isn't it? Is is that your dream, Nate? Yeah, I've had that one a few times. I had a lovely dream once where I was on a flying skateboard and I taught a massive stone crab to dance. I imagine it was that like that. Rad. Yeah, it was a very, very cool dream.
0: I basically want to lower the health of animals so much, just, <laughs> I just bang on the glass and they all have <laughs> <laughs> No direct interaction.
2: Oh, you'd have a you lovely know? day at the London Aquarium with Lara Croft, wouldn't you? Just going around <laughs> oh, with yeah. a crowbar each, just...
3: <laughs> <laughs> she wouldn't smash them she'd leap into them and like hold her breath and swim around and while I'm through. banging on the glass yeah.
0: and she can look at me and be like what are you doing <laughs> yeah that'd be fun
3: I'd enjoy that she could be like you know how dolphins or is it whales will, will herd shoals of fish and then sort of push them towards the surface and then eat them she could be like that
2: Oh yeah, blowing bubbles to frighten them.
3: Yeah.
2: And then Matthew could just like engulf them.
0: Uh, so she shepherds them towards the glass. <laughs> where they are right, right for a banging. <laughs> bang, bang, bang. That'd oh, be great. Imagine that report on the news. They're like, this
2: bloke and Lara Croft <laughs> terrorized the London Aquarium today. The number of ninety schoolboys who wanted her to become real, I love the idea that you have that power and you use it just to inconvenience some fish. That's really wholesome.
3: <laughs> this Actually, this is, um, I can ask Nate, maybe you'll know the answer. So when I was a kid, we had two ponds um, in our garden that had fish in um, yeah. and frogs and stuff. And they would freeze over sometimes in the winter and we would clear the ice from them. Um, M- bang on the ice. Well, Mum always said we couldn't bang on the ice with like a shovel or something because oh. it would make it would like it would like make the fish's eardrums explode or
2: something. That's uh, I they, they'd find it unpleasant, but I don't. They don't have eardrums. They have got a thing called an otolith, oh. an ear bone, because um, eardrums rely on the sort of the um the compressible qualities of air as a fluid, but liquids don't work that way.
0: I'd be like, my pond, my rules, and then get to banging
2: <laughs> <laughs> Real deadwood energy to that statement. Yeah. <laughs> now get to Oliver would be a he would be a fish tank banger He well. really would. Yeah, no, because um All all, all my aquarium pumps and stuff don't upset the fish, but I've got one tank with tiny little dwarf frogs in it, and I have to have a silent filter in that because frogs can get upset by noise. So, yeah, actually, your mum might have had a pointeroony with that one. How about the frogs? Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
3: I loved loved watching the tadpoles and the metamorphosis, and I liked the bit where the tadpoles had legs but also a tail. That was my favourite Oh,
2: skate. yeah,
3: that's quality. Um, we should keep it. You know how on Top Gear they had a list of the the famous person racing thing? We should keep a list of
0: like... St- star in a reasonably priced car. Yeah, a,
3: yeah famous person racing. <laughs> um, we should have a list of like racing game characters on how they would behave with Matthew in the London Aquarium.
2: <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Actually, I'm going to start that list. Yeah. Um, and this will be, this should be a feature we return to. Let's not let this be a Five Nights at Freddy's book club.
3: What are you talking about the Five Nights at Freddy's book club. is ongoing. It's a month. It's its own monthly thing. You just haven't been invited back.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, I've I've been zoned out the last few episodes anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've been <laughs> phoning it in. Okay. So Lara Croft would absolutely monster. The fish towards the glass. Yeah. Mm. Whereupon Matthew would bang them. <laughs> yeah. The glass. Yes. Important. Uh, and who <laughs> did we determine someone else?
3: No, I think Lara. So okay. Do you have an underrated game to bring to the, uh, to the table? No.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think both of you have sort of bought some big Alsatians. Um,. I I'm just going to bring a pack of, of yipping daxions, um, Because the thing is, I mostly only play really good games. So, yeah. you know, I've, uh, I've not played any bad ones, really. Uh, but, or, or I just thought they were rubbish. I have got some honourable mentions that are games that don't get talked about as often as I think they do. And like I say, I've got a little, little herd of them. Okay. So okay. Star Wars Rebellion is one. It was called Star Wars Supremacy in the States. And it was, it was in the late 90s, and it was a Star Wars grand strategy game. Oh. It was really good. You could build, like, you know, hundreds of the, the big Imperial murder dairy release and multiple Death Stars. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was quite a lot of broken systems in it. Like, the fleet battles were a bit rubbo. Um, but then there was stuff like you would have this massive roster of characters who are all the lads off of star Wars mm. and you could just send them to do all sorts of missions a bit like your agents in a total war game or something.
0: Could you marry them? Crusader King style.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I forced C3PO and R2D2 to, to have nine generations of inbred robot children. And then uh, <laughs> Chewbacca, who was the Pope, ate them all.
1: Um,
2: (laughs) crunch yeah that was uh it was dark that was a good one um one i quite often give a shout out to nice little title called pre-dynastic egypt uh i did a have you played on this a while ago um it's not an ambitious game i think a lot of people get turned off it because it looks like it might be a sort of a em up in ancient egypt it's not it's quite a linear worker placement game um it hasn't got a massive amount of replayability but it's really lovely it's a properly nice way to spend a few hours and learn a lot about um egyptian history it's got a follow-up called egypt's old kingdom uh which is also great
0: the first game's called pre-dynastic egypt yeah
2: yeah, cuz it's the pre-dynastic.
0: That is game. a t- that is a terrible name for a game.
2: Yeah, if it was called like Slaughter of the Pharaohs, it might have got a bit more. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, definitely. Yeah. I mean, that's that's
0: terrible. Just call it Egypt. <laughs> Just don't. Yeah, but then how would you know
2: which period of Egyptian history it was?
0: Yeah, but you don't want to, you're not, like I wouldn't touch anything that started with pre-dynastic. I I would. I would get my <laughs> hands all over it, and I did. Unless there was oh I might if it was a chocolate bar, but only because I've, I know what I'm getting. Pre-dynastic oh, yeah. yeah,
2: it, chocolate. If it was called like pre-dynastic rasbotherer or, you know, pre-dynastic <laughs> cod persecution, it'd be all over,
0: <laughs> sure. Well, there, the second half of it is doing a lot of the heavy lifting and, and cancels out the first half, but pre-dynastic, I mean, just seeing that on a box, you'd be like... Eesh. What
2: more do you want? Egypt. <laughs> yeah. like, That's thematically massive.
0: It's just such a long word for a box.
3: Oh it's my true. God. Matt, you, you should start a PR company. Then.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, don't call it that. Call it, call it Mega Egypt. Because <laughs> 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 Mega is an exciting word to start anything. Egypt Max. Oh, yeah, even better. Well, what about Atom Zombie Smasher? Yeah, that's all right, because Atom's kind of a sexy sci-fi word. Yeah, well, that's a game. Um... Atom's a
3: sexy sci-fi word. <laughs>
0: Yeah, isn't it? You're like oh, atoms, interesting. Sexy atoms.
2: <laughs> yeah. Ooh, this, this molecular structure looks a bit like a bottom. <laughs> Matthew peering through his microscope and giving a little titillated <laughs> chuckle. Yeah, I call this chemical bumzine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, atom poppy smasher. It's um, it's a it's a game about controlling out of control zombie infestations and the zombies are pixels and they wander around a very simple sort of city. And when they touch a civilian pixel, it turns into a zombie and it's all modeled very well. And you can't really win. Uh, You've got like snipers and artillery and things, and you're just trying to save these cities. You won't save most of them. It's extraordinarily bleak. Um, And it's, if you ever read World War Z or Z, um, mm. that one, it's it weirdly feels a bit like a game adaptation of that in terms of the tone. Uh, it's cool. It's very cool. Um, again, there's quite a lot wrong with it, but there's enough that's right. But that I think it's definitely worth a look. Mm. And two other little chestnuts in my fire you've got loads yeah uh well i just looked through my steam library and, and thought which of these are a bit rubbish um <laughs> but, but i like um this one isn't rubbish actually secrets of the men here forest um this was made by the same people as legend of grimrock uh and it was a lovely turn-based tactics puzzly game with some of the most relaxing environments uh, I've enjoyed it played a little bit almost like into the breach and that you had to really uh, think through your moves ahead of time and be very precise. Uh, yeah. Lovely stuff came out year before last. And finally, um, it's a classic mate one Warhammer 40,000 battle for Armageddon, uh, which is a hex based ugly as sin war game. Uh, about the battle for Armageddon, or one of the three of them uh, that are in the, the Warhammer setting, because it doesn't do things by halves. Right. So, sorry,
3: Warhammer has three Armageddons?
2: Three. There's a planet called Armageddon. Yeah. And it gets engulfed in three massive wars. Oh. Of uh, which is still going on in the setting. It just doesn't finish.
3: Oh, so three. But I thought mm. there
2: were three different Armageddon. <laughs> no no there's only the one armageddon but no one can decide who owns it i see uh, okay. it's good it's it's, a, it's an old school hex based war game but with your good friends the orcs what's not to love he's very ugly. everyone loves orcs uh so that, that's my little set of hounds which one of those good. would you would you be most tempted to play do you think a uh, uh, pre-dynastic Egypt. I,
3: I actually would probably be most tempted by a pre-dynastic e- Egypt. What, what do you think of the name Warhammer 40k Battle for Armageddon, Matthew? Because that's very long, but
0: quite well, that's exciting. okay, because, like, you know, Warhammer 40k, that's understandable. Battles, yes, that speaks to me. Armageddon, great. You
3: know, <laughs> Armageddon, there's a lot to bring get, it on. There's a lot to like there. That's a nice little um little group of little... Little herd of what's it? What's it? What's the the collective noun for a group of games? a Stack
2: a Jeff Keely, a Keely, Keely of games.
3: It's a nice Keely of games you brought to us, Nate. Did you have any others, Matthew? I really, really rate.
0: I, I rate the. Uh, have you played the Hand of Fate games? The card
3: games or the yeah, yeah. no, I have not the,
0: well they're, they're sort of card they're sort of card game they're like RPGs, but the story is kind of dealt by a kind of uh, card dealer but I can't remember the name of the character now it's like a game master, but it's basically you sitting opposite this kind of creepy, creepy person putting out cards, and each card becomes like you know a branch in the story or a You know, it it might be you're ambushed by orcs and then you play like a little third-person kind of fighty game. Um, It's a little bit like sort of fable in the actual, when you're actually playing it, the way it looks and the kind of world it's set in. Mm -hmm. But I really like this idea of this sort of of quite episodic little adventure that was kind of crafted on the fly by what cards get dealt. And, you know, it's kind of a sort of flip of a kind of deck-building game in that you aren't really you know you're not building the 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 deck that you're going to beat the adventure with Mm. you're kind of building the deck that becomes the adventure so you want the you want cards to be in play that are going to benefit you so if you've got like the the amazing you know you found a sword in a fairy glade card or whatever and that gets dealt you want that earlier in the adventure or whatever um i just thought this was really neat um hand of fate one was great hand of fate two just blew the idea up in a really fun way, and I think it is like, you know, relatively critically acclaimed. Yeah. But it feels like a series that no one's played, which you know, it's quite underrated. It's good People pitch. should play it and a fate too. It does sound good. Yeah, it's good. It's it's great. It's like a good, good little tone to it. Um, I think RPS liked it a lot. Mm. I, th- I remember it getting good reviews.
3: Um, I wanted to briefly mention. And this is sort of cheating a bit, maybe because it's in early access still um but foundation, which is um a medieval city builder um that is it's added to all the time, and it's very um it doesn't have a grid system in the same way that most city builders do, so it's very you make very lovely, free form natural um looking towns and cities and you just you you paint the areas that you want to designate for housing and, and in right. industry and stuff and so it all grows very organically in the the paths and the roads like you don't build any roads your people build them by by path finding basically um between yeah. what you, you've built and it's really really lovely and they keep adding stuff to it with bit like uh, artisan systems and stuff and you build um for want of a better term i guess they'll be you know the wonders that you might get in other kind of city building type things uh like castles and stuff you mm. build them how you want them so you can you build like d- different wings on them and sort of choose all the architecture yourself and just how much you build and how tall you make them and stuff governs how the 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 cost of building them basically. But um, we've talked about it, or I've talked about it on RPS quite a bit. Um, and I just want more people who like that sort of thing to play it because it's so relaxing and nice. And there's no sort of there's no real pressure. Um, you just build like a nice, very picturesque town i like it a lot
2: uh, diary articles about it are very good as well you should they, uh,
3: they added a tiny feature because of my imbecility basically um because you you can stockpile um re- resources in it and um my um, villagers were really hungry <laughs> and were just really hungry and miserable because they were only eating like Berries. Even though I had like two hundred loaves of bread, they were refusing to eat the bread. And I wrote an article about how my my villagers were idiots. And then I got a message by the developers saying your screenshot shows that you've stockpiled the bread, which means they're not allowed to eat any. <laughs> <laughs> so so basically, I was like a lord standing on a huge mountain of bread, yelling. Oh, total bread lord! Yeah, I was yelling like, "Why are you idiots? Hungry?" <laughs> <laughs> whilst keeping all the bread for myself
2: for a bakery simulator total bread lords that's really oh, good yeah.
3: we come up with so many good concepts for games on this podcast
0: if i was if i was a game developer i would i would be listening to this on a weekly basis yeah. for just everything oh, yeah. i'd get all the ideas from here
3: what to name pre-dynastic your dynastic
2: bread lord. pre-dynastic bread lord now you're talking
3: bread <laughs> yeah. made of honey and spelt but yeah, and so anyway, after that, they added, when you stockpile something in the game now, uh, it has like a, a red exclamation mark next to it. So, they, so the idiots like me won't forget they've stockpiled something. Um, but it's got new, I think the new UI is in it now as well. So it looks very pretty. Um, I should play it again and write
1: about it again. But anyway, uh, foundation It's very good. Uh, now. Mayhap, I think we've got time for a
3: quick cavern of lies. Uh, if you lads want to do a sting,
1: the cavern of absolute. <laughs> b-
2: I didn't realize that was
3: happening this week.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, the place is looking a little bit uh threadbare, it's just me. This week. Poison Pete. Uh oh, right. looking after the place. Um well, I don't know, Anthony Hopkins or, or whatever is away. Uh do you want some do you want some Detoll? No. <laughs> oh yes, please. Go on, knock yourself out. Go on, mate. Um yeah. It was uh, it was a bit difficult for Nate to come up with um I'm not even doing a voice for Poison Pete. He's very lazy. Um <laughs>
0: This is your worst character, yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: Nate was having a bit of a hard time coming up with an on-theme cavern, and then he, he did have an idea, but it didn't work out. So uh, the Cavern of Lies this week has been replaced with the Cavern of <laughs> <laughs> um. and um, it's just packed with testes. No, it, uh, what is going to happen this week, because... Uh, Underappreciated games got me thinking about game reviews, uh, and I've written Mm. a few of those in my time. Uh, And Poison Pete, yeah, (laughs) me, Poison Pete. (laughs) I've not seen your byline on any site. I'm RPS's Poison Editor. Um, All my articles (laughs) are so toxic they immediately get deleted, Uh, but they're very, very good reviews. Um, So uh, what? But I mean, my reviewing career isn't relevant here. Nate's is, however, uh, (laughs) much like in this podcast, he quite often goes off on tangents Mm. and talks a load of rubbish. So I found some snippets of his rubbish. And what I'd like you to do this week is try to work out what on earth he's talking about. Oh, okay. Um, And I suppose I'll give you a, a score out of 10. Based on okay. how close you get, yeah, because
3: the the original concept uh, I just want to explain was uh, that Nate was gonna or Poison Pete was gonna pick some <laughs> some metaphors from Nate's reviews, and we had to guess which one was a Nate what which one was one that Nate had actually put in a review, and which one was one that was just made up. Uh, and I think the issue here was that. We were having to pick something Nate had made up from a lineup of things Nate had made up. <laughs>
2: so, yeah. It wasn't going to happen, was it? Let's face it.
3: But I like this new concept. Yeah, this version,
0: this is good. I think, uh, yeah, identifying what manner of b it is, is good.
2: Okay, great. Um, so we've got a few, I, I imagine we'll get through these quite quickly. So let's give it a little go. Uh, Gunfire feels like you're throwing packing peanuts at Jason Momoa, while Melee feels like punching in a dream or trying to knock down origami dogs by swinging a paperclip on a bit of string. (laughs)
3: Uh, I know this one. This is the first review that Nate ever wrote for us. This is um, Fallout 76.
2: Oh, yeah. Actually, I guess that that, 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 (laughs) would... was sort of the one I was uh, evaluated for the job on, so it's probably a bit more memorable. Oh, sorry. I should have done it. Like, I I should have been...
3: I, I'm sorry. I, I ru- I'm ruining this game already. I should have behaved like a contestant on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. There's no, there's no drama in there. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I'll do the next one with some actual drama. Apologies. Okay.
0: This is- I, remember, I remember the Jason Momoa line, though. That's a good line.
2: He's quite a nightmarish image. Like, imagine... He's very sort of cheery man can you imagine if he was cross at you oh yeah just staggering towards you with his inverted v-shaped eyebrows
3: i think it would be sort of more unsettling if he was attacking you whilst staying cheery oh like chuckling
2: yeah
0: also as as he's an aquaman he'd be a good candidate for the aquarium (laughs) trip you
2: know is he in a game though
0: no. Oh, you're right. He's never. He's not. There isn't a virtual Momoa for me to take with me. No. <laughs> the fish got lucky this time.
3: Well, he'd protect the fish, surely. Well, well
0: he'd be the ultimate because the fish listen to him, don't they? So he could really set him up for a for a
2: thumping. Go over there, so that man can frighten you.
0: <laughs> yeah. basically
3: that's that's very much how it would play out in, in my head this isn't like how they would help you frighten the fish it's like how they would behave with you at the london aquarium i don't think that everyone you take oh, with you is- right. so not
0: all of them would be not all of them would naturally be up for
3: no it. i don't think anyone would naturally be up for it <laughs> well croft was she was right in there she's jumped straight in <laughs> but it's not- anyway sorry
2: nate Continue. Yeah. Sorry, Nate. <laughs> what am I describing here? The machine had the faint air of a sickly Victorian child resurrected as a sullen robot a century after succumbing to an ill-defined but fatal spluttering sickness.
3: <laughs> All right, the machine. So, robot.
2: It's a or, robot. <laughs> or
3: possibly, because he does personify things quite a bit, so it could be like... <laughs> A Factorio. But the fact that he's...
2: Oh, right. Read it again. I'll give you a clue. It's a machine in real life. And I say it had the faint air of a sickly Victorian child resurrected as a sullen robot a century after finally succumbing to an ill-defined but fatal spluttering sickness.
3: The machine in real life? Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's not
0: describing like a PC, is he? Oh.
3: Oh, yeah, maybe like his old PC or his
0: old laptop. Trying to run, like, a, a, a very intensive total yeah. or something. No,
2: that's a good that, shout, Matthew. You've got it. It was uh, my first ever PC, a 1995 Packard Bell uh, <laughs> attempting to run, I think, Comics Zone. Well done, Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> Splendid. I'm a student of Nate's We're going <laughs> to... <laughs> <laughs> Spicy. We're going to stay in the late 90s, is your clue for this one. And what game am I uh, relating my experience of here? And so I walked north into what appeared to be an endless war between monsters and men. Brutes appeared around the clock and were fought back by endless waves of players. It was like the opening scene from Enemy at the Gates, where the Red Army conscripts are herded off the train and straight into the hell of Stalingrad, only with ogres and wolves instead of Nazis. I think I tried to fight a bat, but after my mule was guzzled like a braying pixelated kebab by a passing etin, I gave up and did some panic mining.
0: <laughs> it's going to be an MMO of some sort, it's other players, mm. but I'm not very good because I I, I've not really played any MMOs. I don't really know.
3: Oh, okay. I'm trying to think what. Oh, no, I don't know. So I was going to say it sounds sort of Warcrafty. Well, I don't know if Nate's ever played Warcraft, but he has because he streamed some, some Warcraft in character. But
2: are there Ettins
3: in- Yeah, that's, I don't know.
2: <laughs> no, because the, the ogres are two-headed in World of Warcraft. Think earlier.
3: Oh no, hang on. I edited something today where you were talking about ogres because you really like them. Maybe it's a Warhammer, not a Warcraft, but I don't know enough about Warhammer.
2: I'll give you one final clue, and if you don't get it on this, Poison Pete is, is going to tip some uh, some Mr. Muscle in your thermos. Okay. Um, <laughs> so it, it, it was an MMO based on a, a popular and long-running series of RPGs in the 90s.
3: That's every MMO.
2: Yeah, get some of this... Uh, Top quality, quick cleaning
0: product. uh, uh, Ultima, an ultimate thing.
2: Oh, saved by the bell. Uh, It's Ultima
0: Online.
3: No, okay, very good. Thank God you're with me, Matthew.
0: (laughs) I saved our thermoses from the Mr. Muscle. Uh,
2: Both me and my dad were now anvil chinned, humpbacked nightmare men scurrying aimlessly around on hideous Popeye legs and grunting.
0: Is that just a memory of childhood. Yeah, yeah,
2: that was just some nostalgia. I'll get back to the game you know? <laughs> <laughs> This was from a review. Something that you played with your dad? No, no, I, uh, he, he was part of a convoluted metaphor that I cut. Oh, right. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> giving the game away.
3: All right, read it again, sorry.
2: Both me and my dad were now anvil-chinned, hump-backed nightmare men, scurrying aimlessly around on hideous Popeye legs and grunting. Anvil-chinned, Big, muscly legs. So, oh god! Um... What games have got just absolutely hideous player characters?
3: Oh, Gears of War. Oh, is this Gears?
0: Is this Gears, Gears, or- Gears
2: no, It's a good guess, but they at least have some sort of like <laughs> internally consistent proportions. Yeah. This is a game oh. where you can... It's got character creation sliders, but they're cursed, so whatever you do with them, you end up making an offence to God. <laughs> is, that a, is that literally a, a bullet
0: point for the back of the box? Yes.
2: I oh. couldn't do a Monster Factory episode on it because like, everything would just look like a normal character from the game. Did you review a wrestling game? Oh, no, no but it's, it's very much got the... the the visual energy of one.
0: Oh, I don't know. Like a con- some kind of Conan game?
2: Oh, you're getting warmer. I, I was going to say, think of what I've written that's got brutes in it, but that's like They're everything. All, yeah.
3: Even if the game doesn't <laughs> have brutes out. in it, you find a way to <laughs> compare something <laughs> in the game to brutes.
2: <laughs> I just love brutes. Oh, I've got to try drop. some of this, Alice. It loves the digestive system you hate. No, go away. <laughs> Pixel Poison Pete. Oh, oh, it's tricky. It is tricky. Uh, open the door. Get on the floor. Oh, Ark. Is it Ark? Yes, it is. Well, specifically, it's the, the, the whatever that awful DLC was. Um, Genesis, I think. A bit like when me and my, my dad, uh, when I was a little kid, we used to go around in the woods, and I'd basically cajole him constantly into being my tour guide on an imagined dinosaur safari. <clears throat> and I was saying Ark was like that, but but horrendous. Uh, so there we go. Um, nice. <clears throat> next one. There's a cool old woman you visit to get more herbs than that. <clears throat> and she's got a long laundry list of local monsters for you to do in. One of them, some sort of turbo ghost who lives in a well and then comes out of it all on fire to absolutely dismantle people. This is, is this The Witcher 3? Yeah. You, you smashed it in one. It's the Noon
3: Wraith, isn't it? The first Wraith.
2: Yep. That's how evocative my summary of The Witcher 3 was. <laughs> Turbo <Ghost. laughs> It's accurate. What animal am I describing here? Horrifying, beautiful thing, like the vengeful spirit of a burned-down rug warehouse. Messed-up face <laughs> like the bloke who threatens Luke Skywalker in that pub. It's got a fun quest attached to it that got me so uh, amped up, I had to hunt and slaughter a train afterwards just to calm down. It's got to be Red Dead Redemption 2. Yeah, but what's the animal?
3: Is it one of the legendary animals, like the the bears that are all like... Yeah, it's the legendary bear! (laughs) It's the legendary
0: bear from Red Dead Redemption (laughs) 2. Of course
2: it is. (laughs) You really honed in on that. And finally... What did I describe as being like a gang of mackerel breaking into a theme park? Um, Is that uh, Matthew's trip to the London
3: Aquarium?
2: (laughs) that would be a mackerel desperately trying to escape.
3: Oh, yes, of course. (laughs) Is it the um, aquarium simulator game?
2: Ah, says Poison Peak. Supping on a, a tin of coke that's uh, had all the contents poured out and replaced with Ron Seal. Nice guess, <laughs> love. But uh, this one's a trick question. Uh, this wasn't actually one and eights. Um, I, I, I don't know why he's got this voice now. I'm just going to revert to it.
0: Right <laughs> <to this one. laughs> it's the Ron Seal. It's done a number <laughs> on him.
2: Oh, I did exactly what it said on the tin. Wrecks your throat. Um, yeah, this was actually, when I, uh, when I left school as a gift, some friends got together and recorded short video clips of them saying completely nonsensical similes of the sort I was obsessed with, and they just did loads of them, so it was like a 15-minute long roast, and then just gave oh. me the video file on a CD, and it was the funniest thing, and... Yeah, the, that one destroyed me, like a gang of mackerel breaking into a theme park.
3: That's unfair, because there is no
2: way we could have possibly known. No, no, no. no I, I just wanted to sort of end the exercise by demonstrating some self-awareness. <laughs> right, now, uh, I've got to drink this uh, five-litre bottle of antifreeze, so All uh,
3: right. get
2: out of heaven.
3: We should leave before he does All something right. to a to your fizzy drinks Matthew thank you very much for that uh, unusual Kevin of Lies this week Poison Pete that was fun uh, well done well done Matthew I'd, I'd be dead several times over that's alright yeah <laughs> <laughs> sorry
0: I didn't really have much more to add to that you sounded
3: <laughs> indifferent to my death
0: oh no that's fine it's good no worries
3: that's what I'm here for <laughs> Uh, um right uh let's very quickly then before we go do our recommendations this week matthew have you got a recommendation
0: i'm going to recommend a book i read at christmas hangover square have either of you read this no no hangover square by patrick hamilton um written in the 1930s i think about a a group of like mates who just get horribly drunk all the time and this this bloke who has uh oh it's really depressing. He's like obsessively in love with with one of the the the, the, the sort of the women in the group and he has these sort of she she she's totally not interested in and he has these sort of weird sort of blackouts where he sort of switches personalities and this other personality is absolutely kind of obsessed with killing this this woman. But then he switches back and he doesn't really remember any of it and it's this kind of dreadful sort of which side of him is going to win out, but it's just a really, that sounds really sordid, and it is that, it kind of is. Um, but it's um, oh, just like, it's going to sound really dumb, but if, sometimes when you read something that was written like almost 100 years ago, and, you know, it's just the, the human behaviour in it is so recognisable, you know, I have to, and it just reminds you that like everyone is fundamentally the same kind of like, you know, messed up people or whatever. Um, You know, a hundred years isn't that
2: long ago for this particular exercise, but I really liked it. God, can you imagine (laughs) if there once were like three ancient Mesopotamians with like the exact same dynamic as us, only they just like sat in a, I don't know, a millet (laughs) field and goats had to listen. It's really interesting. And one of them was like,
0: "I'm going to go and throw stones in the river to scare the fish." And they're like, "No, don't!"
3: <laughs> I bet there were. Like, isn't it like the <laughs> the first graffiti? That's one of the earliest examples of writing ever. Is in like really really ancient runes in the top of a cave, and it just says like, "This is high up lol. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and like all the graffiti in Pompeii is all like for a good time.
2: Cool you know, longiness and stuff. <laughs> it's always, it's, why is it so reassuring that people in the past were fools like us? It's just good, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it's oh, it's, it's like that, um,
3: uh, I think it was George Carlin who said like, if you think of how stupid the average person is and then realise that half of all people are stupider than that. Anyway, thank you, Matthew. <laughs> I'm going to recommend uh, Division, which is on oh, yeah. Disney+. Plus um it's coming out on it's coming out week by week so if you don't have disney plus maybe wait until it's all out and then do the free trial of disney plus just to watch it cuz it's very good it's maybe better if you watch it without realizing what it is doing but it's probably the most different and refreshing thing in in the marvel universe for a very long time and it's very good it's stars um wonder and vision or you know the scarlet witch and vision from the avengers um in their own uh tv show which is essentially a sort of um uh it's a take on old sitcoms uh and uh it's very good it's very funny and it's interesting because it's it is um it's kid friendly like children can watch it and they will i guess enjoy the kind of there are some sort of funny slapsticky moments in it, but it's also very much um, taking off, um, you know, the old kind of, what's the one where a guy's married to a genie or the one where he's married to a witch and it's basically
2: the same sitcom. It does. It's, it's a strange departure for the MCU though. It's like if they just randomly made like, you know, a Keith Floyd cooking show, but with the Hulk. Well, I
3: mean, there, there's, there's more to it than that as well. There is, theres there is a kind of, you know, sinister layer and what have you, but it's very, it's really good. And it, but yeah, it's kid friendly, but also like they're not going to find the parody aspect of it funny because I have no idea what it's
2: parodying, but it's very, it is very funny. there is like an in-universe explanation for the format that. Yes, there is, yeah. They're Um, probably like trapped in a simulation or something, aren't they? If that was correct, just edit it out. I don't want to ruin it for anyone.
3: Well, it it wasn't. Uh it anyway. Um But there'll be something
0: going on. It's not just gonna be a silly sitcom. Yeah, no, there's, but there's, it's, there's obviously gonna be some, some shenanigans.
3: But it is it's very, very good and it's worth if you don't want to get Disney Plus, wait until Wondervision is all out and then get Disney yeah. Plus and then Wondervision WandaVision really I'm
0: a, I'm actually very impressed by Twitter's not spoiling this in the way that they did with like The Mandalorian. And I didn't know if it was just because this was less popular or people weren't digging it, but I haven't seen much. It's not like on every week I get a big burst of Division spoilers, mm. which I did with the Mandalorian. I wondered if it it just doesn't have a baby Yoda in it. It doesn't have a baby but... Yoda.
3: And also the episodes are like 20, 20 minutes, so maybe that's something to do with it as well. They're short. They are. Oh, okay. Um, but anyway, hmm. my recommendation. Um, Nate, What first of all, do you have a fish tank recommendation for the RPS fish tank this week?
2: Oh, yeah, I do. Um I've deleted the document where I'd written down the name of it. It was a particular make of fish tank I was impressed by, um, but I'll just I'll describe it, and then the name will be in the show notes. Uh, I'm doing um, a project at the moment where I want like a wall of glued together wood at the back of a tank, and so to to make this most visually striking, I bought a tank that's about. Um, 45 centimetres wide and 45 centimetres tall, but it's only about 20 centimetres deep from front to back. So it's almost like, um, you know, a bit like a a telly or something. It's very, you know, very, very shallow from front to back and very tall, uh, which is unusual for a fish tank. Uh, But it's got quite a nice built-in filter system. Um, Glass is high quality. It's got a bowed front. Uh, I've not come across these before, but early indications are it's a banger. So uh, I'll send you a link.
3: Lovely. Thank you very much. Uh, and non tank recommendation? Well, no,
2: because I was originally going to recommend the audiobook of Nomad by Alan Partridge uh, because it's essentially an Alan Partridge audio drama. It's extremely funny. And one of the few things to make me laugh out loud in a long time. So let's just go with Alan Partridge.
3: Thank you very much for joining me uh, on this uh, episode. 127 of the Electronic Wireless Show podcast. The uh, most underrated game special. Uh, This is Rock Paper Shotgun's PC gaming podcast. And you can find Rock Paper Shotgun on uh, Facebook and Twitter. Just search for us. Um, You can find us on YouTube. YouTube.com forward slash Rock Paper Shotgun. Rock, paper, shotgun, gun, maybe at the end. I can't remember. Um, We've got merch, uh, teespring.com forward slash doors forward slash rock, paper, shotgun. Uh, And uh, we have Discord uh, that uh, you can join as well. It's all in the show notes. And uh, there's always something else I've got. Oh, yeah. Uh, If you tweet about the podcast, don't forget to use the hashtag uh, fatblood and hashtag Big Oats. And the Shag Shag Us Heart Squad, which is what you, dear listener, are part of for listening to The Electronic Wireless Show. Uh, thank you very much once again for joining us. Uh, thank you, as ever, to Matthew Castle, Mr. Underrated.
0: Thank you for having me.
3: That's absolutely, if you were like a stripper. That would...
0: Mr. Underrated.
3: <laughs> Imagine if Mr. Underrated was a character in Magic Mike as well. Pony by Genuine <laughs> starts playing. And then Matthew McConaughey is like L-A is Mr. Underrated and then You you come out <laughs> and people are like eh, no, no, I think the level of rating is right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think oh I'm sorry, that's I that, I that I feel like that was really mean. I'm not
0: <laughs> no that's fine. No, it's it's uh, the the notion of me being a male stripper is is very humorous. <laughs>
2: I decided what my burlesque <laughs> name would be. By the way, is it Poison Pete? <laughs> no, it's the Thick Man of Europe. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just think that's very good. So there we go. Thank you, Poison Pete. My pleasure. Glug glug glug.
3: Thank you, listener. Goodbye. Bye.